This is Market Insights, the Market Pulse podcast by Oanda. I'm Johnny Hart, and you're listening to the Market Insights Market Pulse podcast. Let's join Oanda Senior Market Analyst in Singapore, Kelvin Wong. It's going to be a very busy week indeed for central banks. We've got a raft of them towards the end of the week. The Fed on Wednesday, the Bank of England Thursday, Bank of Japan on Friday. But as we speak, I note that Asia stock indices are in the red. Yes, market is pretty much concerned about uh, not the raising part for this week is the expectation of what they're going to do next, especially on the Fed. The Fed is coming in on this coming Wednesday. So that's Singapore time, Thursday, 2 a.m. So yeah, for sure, market has really priced in no hype for this time around. So to maintain it at 5.25% to 5.5% for the Fed funds rate. But what market is concerned right now is after that terminal rate hike that is coming in in the next meeting, should be around either in November or December. That's potentially the last hike for this tightening cycle by the Fed to bring the Fed fund rates to 5.5% to 5.75%. And now market is being a concern is over here is what's going to happen next? Uh, that means, i.e., how long they're going to actually maintain rates at 5.5% to 5.75%. Is it six months from November or six months from December? Then thereafter, the Fed was actually starts to actually ignite its first interest rate cut. I think market is now pretty much concerned that it may not happen so soon in the month of next year, June or July. Because that's being priced in right now by the, if you look at the uh, Fed Fund futures, there is a significant percentage chance based on the Fed Fund futures pricing that the first rate cut likely to come in around either June or July next year. But the concern right now over here is oil prices. So if you look at oil prices right now in the last two months has been pretty much crazy on the upside. So they are risen by close to 20%, I would say. And if you look at the WTI crude oil price, it's now hovering above $90 per barrel. So they are now looking to actually test what 93 per barrel, for, or that's, that's around the November high. And even some analysts and some uh, strategists are looking at $100 per barrel before 2023 ends. So that actually tells us that, hey, inflation may going to stay pretty much elevated for a longer period of time. Even though, you know, oil prices considered as volatile, but they also may impact the core inflation, given that they are the interconnectedness between commodity prices and services inflation down the road. There's a time lag. Uh. So now I think we focus more on the Fed first over here is uh, because this time around, the Fed will actually release their latest dot plot. So what is the dot plot? Dot plot is a key estimate on the various economic variables in US, means projection by the Fed officials uh, looking ahead down the road, what would be like in GDP number, what would be the like in core inflation. So let's talk about core inflation. So the last projection was done in March. So bear in mind that March itself, oil prices is not this high at this moment in time. So in March, we're talking about maybe oil prices at that point in time was only $70 per barrel for the WTI crude. But given that we have seen some significant, huge upside increases in the last two months, so market participants will be scrutinizing on the projection for core PCE. So the core PCE, right, in the last March uh, dot plot projection, the Fed actually expected to come down from 3.9% year on year in 2023. By the end of 2024, they expect to come down to 2.6%. Right? And also, what's interesting over here is that a uh, change in real GDP is expected to go up slightly from 1.1% pencil in, uh, in, in the March projection from 1% in at the end, uh, 1% year-on-year 
year end of 2023. So that's what I call a gradual improvement in GDP growth. So right now, market will be pretty much interesting that will the Fed starts to paint a much more, less rosy picture, especially that what the ECB did in last week meeting. So ECB actually last week meeting, they, up, they kind of uh, changed their forecast. That means they actually upgraded their 2024 inflation forecast. They are by, uh, by a bit. Or however, they actually uh, downgrade their 2024 GDP growth forecast. So they're actually implying stagflationary pressure in Eurozone. So market pattern right now is that will it starts to actually reflect in US as well. So that actually much pretty much uh, market will start to scrutinize on the top plot projection that is coming out on this uh, coming Wednesday Fed meeting. And most importantly, uh, during a Fed Chair, Chair Powell press conference, a lot of reporters will be trying to actually uh, quiz him on his view on inflationary pressure right now, especially coming for the oil prices. So any hints or any indirect hint that he may say that, hey, perhaps we may allow interest rate to stay longer for a higher period of time. So that could actually cause a tighter lending. That could actually cause wages to actually come down by a fair bit. So indirectly, that could actually act as a buffer on the uh, higher oil prices. So eventually, uh, on the demand side of the story, they could actually curb these uh, higher, oil, higher oil prices that is pretty much primarily driven by supply cuts from OPEC. So if Powell start to sound that uh, implication, uh, I believe that the market might start to see a bit of more of a risk-off scenario taking shape because they're actually painting a bit of a stagflationary scenario as well if that will come into play for the US economy, yeah. Very interesting because what it's saying is that it wasn't foreseen a few weeks ago that oil prices would climb so high, which is why many thought that the optimal rate had been settled. The increase in oil prices means there's a rethink on that. So now they're going to try and control oil prices by keeping rates higher. Something else could happen. There may be an extension of the war in Ukraine that might lead to gas prices going up again. Yes, precisely. So if I look at it right now, it's a pretty challenging time to be a central banker, especially there are certain variables not on the demand side of the equation that you can control, which is the supply side, like, like we discussed earlier. Yeah. Who knows, the Ukraine situation might escalate further on the negative side of the story. So that will be gas prices go up, definitely for sure. And worse come to worse, we may start to see grain prices going up as well. That means that could actually impact global food supplies on the upside uh, in terms of the prices. Yeah. It looks like high interest rates are here to stay, at least for the uh, short to medium term, uh, Kelvin. What do markets think the Bank of England is going to do on Thursday? Raised by another quarter point? Bank of England, I think they're pretty much dicey because if you look at various Bank of England officials, there's some of them who are actually airing more towards the vocal side of the mentality. That means they wanted to kill off inflationary pressures, be it from the supply side or the demand side. That means uh, they're actually looking at a 25 basis point hike this time round, this coming Thursday, to bring the uh, policy rate to 5.5%. So that will be what? 15 consecutive hike, and that will be the highest rate for the Bank of England policy rate since 2007. So that's uh, going up before the GFC, the Great Financial Crisis. But on one hand, if you look at it uh, right now over here, is that um, given the fact that there are some key economic data out from the UK that is start to turn rather lackluster. So one of the most recent one is uh, the economic uh, growth, uh, the, GDP, the monthly GDP for July actually came in negative 0.5% month-on-month last week for July. 
So that is the worst reading so far in terms of economic growth uh, at the start of this year, 2023. And we also have uh, other, uh, we call it um, leading uh, economic data like the manufacturing PMI, that's for August for sure, and services PMI. So that is pretty much lackluster as well, especially the services PMI deep into a contractory mode in August to 48.7. So yeah, we know that uh, in UK, there's still inflation is still pretty much uh, sticky, especially the core inflation that is excluding food and energy, still hovering at uh, 6.8% uh, to 6.9%. In July, so uh, that actually left some uh, BOE uh, officials to be still be mindful about uh, combating uh, we call it inflation uh, inflation pressure in UK. But they also bear in mind over here is that they are whenever uh, current fourteen consecutive high has start to actually uh, see a bit of negative uh, uh, feedback loop into the real economy, especially we discussed earlier of that key economic data. So I markets reckon that right now the BOE itself, this might be the last rate hike. Okay, then the next key story over here is that how long will they actually maintain this rate at 5.5% for how long? Six months, nine months, eight months? Because that will be the next question that uh, BOE officials got to guide the market. But if you look at the current situation right now, based on the uh, exchange rate, it seems to me that the pound actually sold off last week against the dollar. So they actually went down uh, below their 200-day moving average. Yeah? So it seems to me that the uh, market is actually now erring on the side that the BOE's officials itself may try to actually turn less hawkish going forward. So something to watch out for. Finally, on Friday, we're going to see the Bank of Japan's announcement. Where do you stand with that? Okay, so for sure, uh, there will be no change in terms of their policy interest rate because don't forget the last meeting, they actually uh, adjusted the monetary policy indirectly by tweeting that year curve control program. So just to keep a recap, uh, Bank of Japan has a very creative way of conducting monetary policy. They can actually do it either by ETFs or doing other forms. So the latest form, what they did over here is that instead of touching the uh, policy rate, which is still at negative for now, they actually try to control the 10-year JGB yield to see how can it fluctuate. So previously, before the 28th of July uh, meeting, it was at 0.5% uh, plus on the upper limit and lower limit. So on the upside, now we're more concerned on the upside because of inflationary pressure in Japan has started to tick up. So instead of uh, a fixed rate at 0.5% on the upside, the BOJ now came up with a, call it a flexible yield curve control policy on the 10-year JGB. So they have actually allowed it to fluctuate between 0.5 maximum up to 1% year on year. So uh, uh, maximum up to uh, 1% on the 10-year JGB. So uh, if you look at the last few sessions, uh, they have been pretty much generous in terms of uh, guiding the market. So uh, previously, uh, during the first week of August, when the 10-year JGB year tried to inch up around 0.65%, the BOJ will come in to actually flood the market by selling JGB yield. So that put pressure on the Japanese uh, yen as well to be Japanese yen to be weak against the dollar. But if you look at the last two weeks, uh, there is seems to be less effort, uh, less uh, movement by BOJ to come in to defend the uh, BO the JGB yield at around that zero point six five percent level. So right now, uh, in the last one week or so, uh, the B the JGB ten year yield is now kind of fluctuate between zero point seventy zero point seven zero to 0.71%. So market seems to be applying that this 0.71% is the kind of a new uh, invisible ceiling that BOJ might start to come in. But do not forget, 
what's interesting over here is two weeks ago, uh, Yuda, uh, BOJ Governor Yuda actually made a comment about this quietly, quietly exiting uh, statement by uh, towards a local Japanese media stating that uh, there is actually a chance for BOJ to quietly exit its negative interest rate policy. So, based on this statement, there is some uh, folks on the grounds uh, uh, in the trading room start to swell that uh, there could be actually a chance right now in early 2024 that negative interest rate that BOJ has for I think what since the great financial crisis may start to tweak. That means they may start to abandon negative zero interest rate policy. So uh, I think that will be pretty much big uh, uh, scenario. So all eyes will be up on uh, up on BOJ Yuda's uh, press conference because uh, this time round uh, there is no uh, release of latest economic data from Japan from BOJ itself. So all eyes up will be up on uh, President uh, BOJ Governor Yuda press conference after the decision uh, on Friday and also on Friday itself uh, before BOJ decision that is actually. Uh, the release of Japan's CPI uh, data for the month of uh, August. So what's market concern over here is they're looking at the core core inflation rate, which is excluding fresh food and energy. So there's some forecast by uh, economists to actually saying that this uh, core core inflation in uh, Japan will actually accelerate much further to 4.4% year-on-year in August from 4.3% year-on-year in July. So that's close to 42-year high. So that may, uh, uh, may, 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 may actually put a bit of pressure on Yuda to actually address this issue if actually uh, the core core inflation starts to accelerate much for uh, win expectation or even much more than 4.4%. So something to look out for as well. Kelvin Wong in Singapore, thank you for joining us today. My pleasure. Market Insights, the Market Pulse podcast by Oanda.